is I want to hear my creator, Yahuwah, say to me, well done, mm-hmm. my good faithful servant. I got to hear that. And that's how I live my life. Whether you believe there's a creator or not, I got to hear. Like when I die, I want to die going all out to be able to die with some confidence that I would be worthy to hear, well done. That I live my life with not just a strong leadership personality, but more of a servant's heart. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks. Come from a different cloth, y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate. I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Mac. Welcome to the show, everyone. Episode number 215 here on the Decoding Success Podcast. You are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, and in just a few moments, we are gonna be introducing you to my very inspiring, truly, truly inspiring friend that you just heard from just a few moments ago. My buddy Jay Noland is joining us. Now, with that being said, Jay and I linked up to record this episode to talk about women empowerment. Jay does phenomenal work about bringing awareness and even more than that, to the sphere of women empowerment. But at the same time, this conversation led down another path, another track, and it's really beautiful to see how the two run alongside each other and are very parallel. Jay is also teaching us how to reprogram our subconscious mind. Now, listen, here's his mission. He wants to help people just like you and me have a great day every day, no matter what, because here's the thing, it can be done. And, as mentioned, it all starts with our subconscious programming. So over the years, Jay's literally trained thousands of people just like us to unlock our hidden potential and, in return, excel in all areas of our lives. It's absolutely impossible to outperform our programming, but here's the thing. If, if, if you can reprogram your subconscious mind to be a winner, indeed, you will begin to win. So, the best part about all of this is that it's a learned behavior. You learned and I learned our current programming from the environments we've spent the most time in. But, big but, you can learn a new program just like a computer can. And the best part about all of this is that Jay can teach us. Through this episode, Jay can teach us. Now, a lot to dive into today. Really excited to have you. Thank you for tuning in to episode 215 praying that you're back for more because there is a lot of value to be added. Without further ado, we bring to you Jay Nolan. Jay, it has been a long time coming, my brother. I appreciate you for hopping on here, taking the time out of your evening to make an impact here on Decoding Success. I know you have some cool things we need to amplify, so thank you for being here, man. Hey, I'm, I'm excited to be here. You and I have been talking about this for about six months now, and the schedule's lined up, and guess what? It's time to decode. It's time to think about. I've had a lot of time to put my algorithms together for this show. I love it. Now, you and I got connected over Clubhouse. I'm actually getting the chills just saying this because this is, I, whenever I get the chills, I believe that it, it's soul to soul conversation. And I, I'm just going to throw this out there, man. You're, you're an incredible individual. I've seen what you've done for women empowerment. I've seen what you've just what, what you've done for people that are trying to come up, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and obviously 
before the show, I read off a little intro about yourself, you know, like you, you, you really do it. What has developed that character in you? I think it's really incredible what you've been able to do over the years, continue to do now, but your character, man, it stands out. What, what was it? Man, I'm 53 years old and I was born May 1968, about a month after Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. I was born in the South in Kentucky. So I was around a lot of that racial tension growing up. Now, I had a little bit different caveat because I was a country boy. My granddad had a hog farm. For those of you that don't know what that means, it's a bunch of pigs. We call them hogs in the country, you know. So I had that humility. Now, when my, when my mom and dad, when they split up when I was around seven, eight, eight, eight years old, my mom moved to the city, Lexington. And so I was back and forth between the country and the city. So I had a lot of diversity, but there's something about that country life, especially being around hogs, being around that mud, being around that filth, that funk, that stank, and getting your hands dirty and having my granddad tell me that no matter what you do, do it with all you got. And he says, you know what? We don't have a lot, but what we got, we're going to stretch it out. We're going to get the most out of it. And he expected me to work. My grandmother expected me to work. And so I had that good old Southern upbringing, and then I had an opportunity to take that. I guess it was like seeds, you know, and I think that's what your show does. You have a show like this with you, Matt. People need to really grasp this because every time you hear a show like this with these words that are intentional, these are seeds. I did what I did, became who I became because somebody kept planting seeds into my life. And so that's what gave me my early on grit, Matt. I love that. Now, I know your background uh, and listen, I'm a big baseball guy, so I got to bring it up. How did baseball come into your life? My dad, believe it or not, he loved softball. He ended up coming from the farm. Believe it or not, he ended up playing professional softball. He was great at it. So he'd have me with him at the parks all the time. And I was off on the side playing wiffle ball. Right. Remember those good old school wiffle Absolutely. ball? Absolutely. I tell you, you get great with wiffle ball because the ball moves so much. So it makes <laughs> you learn how to stay back and hit. So, you know, I just got to kind of good there. But my dad would tell me, he go, one of these days, boys, you're going to be a professional baseball player. What'd he do? He planted a little seed in my head. Mm. And he had me in the batting cages all the time. And my dad was so serious about this, Matt. He would, if you ever been in those batting cages, you know, they have slow, medium, fast, and then they have one cage called major league. So that's the speed of the ball. My dad would take me from the time I was like six, seven years old, and then he would pull out, he'd start with a dollar bill. And he'd go, all right, we're starting out on a medium machine today. And he says, listen, if you hit the first pitch, line drive hard, I give you this dollar. But no matter what, if you foul it, if you ground it, it has to be a line drive, you get a dollar. First pitch. And so in the beginning, you know, you were, ah, oh, you foul, tip it off or whatever. He says, no money. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I started getting used to that, focusing how I was going to get the money. And then when I got into high school, he go, all right, we're starting off on a slow machine today. First pitch, five dollars. So went up to five. And then, uh, and so I learned to hit those pitches. Now, what he was doing is he was teaching me how to balance and stay back and hit off my back side, my back leg, which most hitters don't get that very basic principle. Right. He was teaching me to hit off my back leg and stay balanced. So no matter what pitch came, I'd be able to adjust. And so that has a lot to do with life. Mm. got to be able to let life come at you then adjust. How do we water those seeds, right? We're talking seeds here. 
often, and it's happened in my life where seeds have been planted. They, they weren't watered or maybe they were watered many years later. I'm curious, like, what do we, what do we do to water those seeds? You got to be intentional about getting around stuff like this, like this show. You got to find people that's got something going on. I got, you know, when I got out of baseball, I played six years, and here I am about to have my dream. Roommates with Alex Rodriguez. Here I'm with the, with the Mariners at the time. You know, about to play next to Ken Griffey Jr., left field, him center field, and then I blow my elbow out. But anyway, that took me out into what I call real life. And real life, I had to get out into to business. I had to decide, do I want a job or do I want to be an entrepreneur? I wanted to control my time, control my money, so I decided to become an entrepreneur. Now, in entrepreneurship, you are more than likely going to be looking for some mentorship, some direction. And that's what I love most about being an entrepreneur is it kind of forces you to look for it. And if you look for it, you'll find it. There's all kind of great coaches out there like yourself and these programs that you're putting on. But uh, that's how I kept water. I kept looking for somebody. And here's what I heard early on when I was 27. Find somebody that has what you want. Do what they do, you'll get what they got. Who was that somebody for you? It was a 23-year-old Romanian girl. Really? I was 27. And that's how I first got dipped into entrepreneurship. I had a friend of mine that he played with me with the Padres, and he had got injured and went into modeling and, and commercial acting out in Hollywood. And he happened to be over in Phoenix where I was living at the time. And he says, man, there's this young girl. She's 23. She's killing it. She's making six figures. And uh, I said, she's how? He goes, she's 23. And I said, she's making six figures already? He goes, that ain't the best part. She makes it residually, whether she works or not. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, she just built up a business that has recurring revenue streams. And I, I, you want to meet her? I'm like, are you kidding me? And so I met her. And man, this young girl laid it down. First time I met her, she couldn't always speak good English, not clear, but she knew she was very definite. She had a definiteness of purpose and she was laying it down. And I came in with this uh, bravado, egotistical, professional athlete income. I mean, uh, not income, I lost all my money, but this attitude, ego, that's the word. Came in with this professional athlete ego And I was asking her, Matt, I was like, what about this? And I was like, what about that? You know, what about this? And I was being a little more, I was being aggressive about what about. Right. And then she said, because my friend kind of tipped her that I wasn't doing good financially, I needed something. So I was like, what about this? What about that? She goes, what about your bank account? Mm. I said, damn, you had to go there, you know. You didn't have to go there. Right. And she said, yes, I did. And we kind of laughed about it and it broke the ice. I said, this girl's tough, you know. Kind of got my respect. And uh, she just began to start telling me, man. And then she held up this book called Think and Grow Rich. And she says, everything I do is based on these principles. And she said, this should be taught in school. She goes, I'm glad I'm catching it when I'm 20 in my early 20s. And now you're catching it before you hit 30. She says, you need to apply what's in this book. You got to utilize other people's ideas that work, other people's efforts. You got to have a team. Can't be the only one making yourself money. Can't do that. Can't get ahead that way. And you got to utilize other people's money, which means you got to exchange products and services and leverage other people's money. Absolutely. Now, you beat me to my next question. I was going to ask you because I found it pretty remarkable until you said it. I was like, oh, okay. He hit on it. You mentioned the word ego because I was going to ask you how a 27-year-old, and listen, I'm in my late 20s. I've had many 
moments of ego popping out where it shouldn't have. But you went into that 27 years old to meet with a 23 year old who was maybe more advanced at the time financially in business, so on and so forth. If you could give advice to your 27 year old self to drop that ego, what would you say? Well, I, did, I, I, I took my advice quick. So I did. Not only would I look back then, I took it right then because when she checked me, I looked at her and I quickly went, if I'm a smart ass right here, mm-hmm. she's not going to tell me what she knows. So I immediately embraced humility quickly. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I can brag on any one thing about my career and any success I've had, I became so proud of the fact that I was willing to humble myself to learn success principles. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Now, you mentioned two women already that have made an impact on your life. Your mother, actually three, because you mentioned your grandmother as well. Your grandmother, your mother, and this 23-year-old Romanian woman. Where does, or is that the basis, the foundation for where your passion is from women empowerment? My grandmother really is like my, was like my heart and soul. She died in 2004. But, and my parents, like they had a crazy marriage. You know, my mother showed me a lot of love. My dad always showed me a lot of love, but they just, he was, you know, they were 19 and 17 when they got together. I mean, when they were 19 and 21. So they just didn't know what, how to have a relationship. And so my grandmother swooped in. So that's my first. Then this 23-year-old young lady, she's breaking it down. Then she introduces me to her mentor that was only 26, making more money than she was. And then that one introduced me to another mentor who was 28, just one year older than me, who mm-hmm. was a multimillionaire. Residually. See, I'm always talking to people about residually. That money's got to come in whether you work or not. So when I met this 28-year-old, I said, how in the hell did you do this? She says, honey, she hunted me, man. She, she, said, <laughs> she goes, when I was 22, I was a bartender. As soon as I got my driver's license, I mean, as soon as I could drink alcohol, when I turned 21, I was looking to be in bars. And I said, I want to be a bartender because those are the coolest people. She goes, I make great tips. But I got introduced to learning how to make residual income. She's talked about this. And she says, so for the past six years, while everybody else is distracted from just making a living, exchanging all their hours for dollars. You want to talk about decoding success? When on the financial pillar, if you want to decode it, listen to what she told me. She goes, while everybody else is distracted, just making a living, exchanging hours for dollars, I've been putting all of my energy into making money off of my efforts over and over again after I do that work. Mm. So she... Really, and I got to work with her pretty much hands on for two years. I love that. And it, and it was just, I mean, there's been times she's in my face this close, like that close. And and she did it out of love. And I I understood it because I came from professional sports. I didn't take it personal. And but she learned to really love me because of my background, having that professional athlete ego, but then being humble. So she would tell me more than she would most tell most people because she knew I had a high level of drive and discipline and a high level of humility. So that impacted me. But what changed everything and inspired my mission and passion for this women empowerment is 2014. When my wife tells me she got, she's pregnant 
I never will forget the day, man, because I told her, I said, whenever you tell me you're pregnant, I'm just going to run out the door. I'm going to haul ass and run down the street as long as I can run until I run out of breath. You know, just so excited. And she said, baby, I'm pregnant. And I remember running out the store, just hauling ass down the street going, yeah. <laughs> but then we go to the doctor and after about a month or so, you know, it's going to take several months before you know the sex of the baby. But this doctor was known for predicting the sex of the baby early on. And this doctor, they said, he says, I'm 85% or more, right? So he goes, you're having a girl. Mm. I was like, and my heart went down in my ankles, man. And all to my toenails, I was like, it was something mad about that statement. You're having a girl. So what you mean? You're having a girl. I always envisioned I'd have a son first. And he goes, you're having a girl. And for a month, man, I believed I was having a little girl. And then after a month, when we did the 99.9% test, you could kind of see things. Well, we saw the little pee-pee. Oh, I got a boy. Uh. But for one month, my ass was panicking to another level. Because I know how it is in this world for women. Mm. It's just not, it's not fair. It's not. Mm. And I wanted it to be fair for my daughter. So now I approach women's empowerment as if I was having that little girl and bringing her into the world. Absolutely, man. That's a beautiful thing. That is an absolutely beautiful thing. Now, what is the power of a woman? You have a new book out there, The Power of a Woman. What is the power of a woman? Power of the woman, and I finished it. You see the subline says, from the perspective of real men. Absolutely. I didn't just leave it there because I knew this had to be a uniting book. Okay. So the power of a woman is that a woman has so much intestinal fortitude. Do you realize that a woman from the time she starts having her period, she's pretty much giving birth every month Mm. until she stops having her period. So when a woman goes on her period, it is, that's why you hear cramps. That's birthing pain every single month. So can you imagine as a man, if you had to have birthing pains every month? Yeah, I'll pass on that. (laughs) That alone, men, deserves our incredible respect because they got to go through that thing. Just that thing. But then to be able to see how people have twisted religion to, and I believe organized religion is one of the most dangerous things in the world. I'm just straight about that because I think people twist it. Spirituality, is there such thing as good religion, good spirituality? Yes. For most people, most people, men and women in power with that, they twist it, man. And this is 53 years of hardcore experience telling you this. So the power of a woman, man, is number one, they, they give birth almost every single month with their period. Number two, did you know that approximately 137 women are murdered every day in the world by a family member? Did you know that? How much? How much? 137 women a day. Holy shit. Are murdered by a family member globally every day. It's ridiculous. Four out of 10 women in their life is reported would have been raped sometime or another. Four out of ten. Mm-hmm. 
I was talking to Forbes Riley, you know, celebrity TV host. She was on my show when we were launching the Bush book a couple of days ago. And she says, Jay, you got that low. She says, I talked to all kinds of women. She goes, it's double. It's eight out of 10. Wow. Or had some type of sexual trauma. So to be able to withstand that and, and to hold that back and to deal with that, that's some power. And why is that? Is because for most men, and I'm bold to say it, most men are not comfortable in their own skin. Absolutely. If you give them, if you give most men a little bit of power, they can't take it, man. If they yeah. think they can overpower someone, they're going to do it. And where they use a lot of that overpowers with women. So I've been able to learn how to communicate, empower, educate, and bridge that gap between both sexes. Absolutely. Now, what's your advice to the men that are listening to this to embrace a real woman? Well, you got to, number one, you got to be confident in yourself. And that all starts with, with learning how to master your subconscious mind. Mm. 99% of the people you're going to look at walking around have not taken the time to master the subconscious mind. That's why you hear about these things called the one percenters. Right. Because a lot of the one percenters, they take the time to master the subconscious mind. From zero to seven, your subconscious, the major formation of your subconscious programming happens from zero to seven years of age. Aristotle, the great philosopher, said, give me a child until they're seven, I'll show you the adult. Mm. Why? Because of that theta brainwave that you're in. If I ask you questions about what happened to you from two to seven, you're not going to really remember a lot of that. Right. Because you're walking around in like a hypnotic state. That's called theta brainwaves. I study that. And so if whoever you're surrounded by, you're going to become. So my advice for most men is we have a perpetual problem with daddy, granddaddy, and uncles, mm-hmm. right? Cousins that are males with nobody's really taught you how to be a man, how to be confident in your own skin, how to empower your woman to make her your queen to where she will want to make you her king. Absolutely. So that's how I roll. That's how I live. I'm not just talking this. In my house, my wife is my queen, and I am her king. If you're around us, you're going to see it. (laughs) I love that. Now, what was it about your wife that made you know that was your queen? Dude, just, all right, you're going to know when you know. And I've had the advantage from the professional athlete side and be, have a success there. I've had the advantage of being able to have a large selection of people to choose from, women to choose from on this earth because of the way life took me through sports. And so I, and, and viewing all those, those different women, and, it's, and it brings me back to the same thing with men. Most women just, they don't have control over their subconscious mind. And who they are acting is who they were programmed to be. Right. And so when I met my wife, I saw she had a very strong stature as far as her confidence in herself a strong drive. You know, she had a business degree and she was using the degree. She wasn't just, didn't just have it. And her dad had a very successful company and she was helping run her dad, helping to run her dad's company 
And all those things, I was like, wow. But then she was hungry when, it, when we came together and I started talking. She really, you can see her like leaning. So not only was she beautiful outside, there's a lot of different beautiful women and men out there. But when that beautiful person, you look at somebody that you're physically attracted to, and then they look in you. You know what I'm saying, Matt? Absolutely. And like they look in you and you're talking and they really want to know what the hell you're saying. Mm. Not just kind of listening and waiting for a chance to talk. Then I look, she was like really wanting to hear what I had to say. And that was so sexy to me, man. So what I like that you just said was looking in you versus looking at you. Yes. Right. There, there's levels to that. And uh, that's actually really rare. That, that, that's really rare, which is evident as, as to why she's your queen. You know, there's that really big difference. So I appreciate that breakdown and I appreciate the vulnerability and transparency as well, opening up here. So thank you for that. But getting back to the book, I, I want to know why write this book now? Well, I, I it, it was inspired 2014. Okay. And I just, it was the time, you know, I felt, I knew it was in me. I started talking about it. Actually, I did a video about it in 2016. So I got a YouTube video out there somewhere, you know, and when it talks about, you know, the power of a woman, I was just going nuts one day. I was crying. I was talking about my grandmother. I was so emotional. And then my assistant came to me and she says, when are you going to get that book out? When are you going to turn the book out of all of this? And I got to give it up. My assistant and my wife really started pressing me on you got to go do it. <laughs> and then we got on Clubhouse and we started doing these events. Mm. We did two women's events. One of them was 72 straight hours. Wow. So March 8th, 2021. Oh, was, was, yeah, okay. 2021. March 8th, 2021 was International Women's Day. We kicked it off with the 72 hours. We went, we just kept going. And you fall asleep a little bit, somebody pick up the and then you're back in there. But I only slept about five total hours. Right. Over three days. But it was one woman in different time zones, different parts of the world coming on after the next, pouring her guts. And it was so impactful. And then a month or so later, about two months later, we said, you know what? Let's really do something that's extraordinary. We got some professionals together and we said, let's do a women's abuse awareness event, 24 hours. That was one of the craziest, shocking experiences I've ever been through. So it was so emotional. We had to have professionals set up and actually there were women in abusive relationships during that 24 hours that were extracted out of those abusive relationships through the network that we set up. Wow. It was crazy, man. But it was one after the next, after the next talking about how they've been raped, how they've been sexually abused, how they've been mentally abused, how they've been emotionally abused. And it was shocking. And so I was telling everybody the book is coming. And I said, when it comes, it's going to hit with the bank. And during that first 72-hour event, Les Brown, the great Les Brown, came in our room and spoke three times. That's powerful. Les found out I was writing the book. Les said, will you please send me a copy of the book before you go to press? So we sent him and his team a copy. Les says, 
I want to write the foreword in that book. That's incredible. He says, I'm going to give a copy to every woman that I meet in, in my circle. And so that book, the foreword, is written by Les Brown. And he's more extensive than most of the forewords he writes. He goes in. And so it just, this thing is, this is, this is, this is real, man. Absolutely. Now you bring up abuse, not just sexually, physically, but also emotionally, mentally. Right. And there's a very vicious cycle out in this world where hurt people hurt people. Yes. Right. And and I think it it happens from both ways. Right. It I've been a victim of this. I've had a woman abuse me and I've let it happen, um, which was something that I needed to attend to on myself. But I'm curious as you know, we'll we'll talk about it from both sides. Maybe the answer is the same here. How do we break that cycle? Man, we got to go back to you heard me say this from the first time I met you in your phenomenal room, beautiful space that you create. I want to honor you for that. Appreciate that. I said it from the first time you met me. I said, you have to go deal with your subconscious mind. Okay. I've got a platform called confidencetones.com. It deals specifically with your subconscious mind through brainwave and training. Mm. So you got two ways to be able to address your subconscious mind. You can either do it through auto-suggestion, which Napoleon Hill teaches, which that's bull rushing, saying something to yourself over and over and over and over and over again. Problem with that is most people get life lifing on them and they get distracted and then they lose. They have to start over, over and over again. You're frustrated. So there's other ways to do it where you can catch yourself in a theta brainwave state two times a day, automatic for every human being. Right when you're about to wake up, right when you're waking up, your brain is theta. Right before you go to sleep, your brain is theta. Theta is important because that's when you learn. Mm-hmm. That's when you can actually reprogram, scientists say. So if you've got a good set of headphones that you put on and you get the right information going into your subconscious mind, right when you go to sleep, that's easier. It's difficult right when you're waking up because you're in a deep sleep. So you have it. So would you have had to been listening to something all night? Some people do that. Or we could take you through 11 minute to 20 minute sessions on confidence tone. And we have a program for certain things to deal with trauma, to deal with emotional distress, to deal with lack of confidence, to deal with unhappiness, all that stuff. And it's just brainwave. Because if you're if you're feeling emotional and distraught, you got to say, well, what's feeling emotional distraught? It's something in you. So the way it got there, we can go utilize technology to get help get it help get it out of there. So I'm going to announce this on your show first. Nobody knows what I'm about to say. Let's do it. Okay. So Confidence Tones is on an online platform, but it's not on an app. I'm launching a new app that's going to have Confidence Tones in it, plus all my other personal growth products that I have. I'm putting it in the app. And so this particular app is about to be, it's about to come out here within the week. It's about to come out within the week. What, what's the so, app? What's, what's the app's name? I'm announcing this coming. So I, I, I'm going to let, Matt's going to come back and put the name, because y'all hear me saying it, but I'm going to get, I got a couple more things I got pieces I got to do for my attorneys, and then I'll come back and tell you, you can put it on. Absolutely. There. No pressure, no pressure whatsoever. 
I'm curious why has, and maybe the answer is simply from the results that it could provide, but why has the subconscious mind become so, so such a prevalent topic in your life? Like, was it from thinking grow rich or was it from the results? Is there something else? That's where it started. That's where it started from thinking grow rich, but no matter how much success I could have from using auto suggestion, there was something in me that would not let me be completely happy. Right. You know, I was happy, but I I just couldn't get to completely happy. And I was like, what in the hell? Because I've got all this training. So I started getting into it and started studying NLP Neural neuro linguistic programming, and that just went opened me up. Yeah. Like, I mean, for anybody who's not familiar with neuro linguistic programming, that's just off the charts. I worked with one of the grandfathers directly of NLP, neuro linguistic programming, Mr. Rex Sykes. He and I are very close friends. He's been forty plus years, and we sit down and have talks about the power of the subconscious mind. See, everything that exists came from somewhere. And here's the thing about existence. Existence is attached to life. Life always wants to keep living. Life wants to keep living the way that we know that it's always trying to reproduce itself. So if I say to Matt, if I gave you a little small sunflower seed, did I give you just a sunflower seed? Or did I give you multiple seeds? What did I give you? Well, you gave me multiple seeds if I know what to do with it. You know what to do with it. Absolutely. So if I know what to do with it. Okay. So that's important because what I heard you say is know what to do with it means you know you got to plant that seed in order for its potential to come out. Absolutely. hundred percent. Once I plant that one seed with the rain and the sun, it grows into a sunflower and a sunflower puts out what? Games yep. of seeds. You could end up having an entire field of sunflowers out of one seed. Why? The seed wants to have as much life as possible. All life should be looking for ways to fulfill the most potential it can get out of itself. Mm-hmm. Human beings keep getting around other human beings that are not paying attention to nature. Look at that. Look at that little acorn. I grabbed an acorn the other day. And then I looked up at the big ass oak tree. (laughs) And I'm going, that oak tree was this acorn. But it went ahead and it got planted somehow, like you said. And then it just went ahead and kept doing what it was created to do, which was to continue to grow. Yeah. And it goes through seasons. There's times it loses its lead. There's times the things ain't going to go right in your life. But there's also springtime. There's also it's rebirthing time. And as human beings, we got to allow ourselves to go through these processes. We can't allow ourselves when we lose our leaves, meaning we have a bad situation happen, to go, that's death. No, that's not. That's a season. Yeah, absolutely. Jay, what's the question you wish more people would ask you? question I wish more people would ask me is how do I be happy? What is, Oh, that beat me to it again, man. I wanted to ask you what happiness was in your life because you mentioned that word. You're, you're, you're ahead of me here. You're ahead of me. So let's, let's answer that one first. What is happiness for you? Happiness for me is peace of mind. Okay. 
It's knowing that I can choose to live in a perpetual state of gratitude. Mm-hmm. So I stay grateful, therefore I stay happy. It's impossible to be sad if you're truly grateful. Right. So I control that. I control it. A guy back in the day when I was 19, first drafted by the San Diego Padres on this very successful restaurant out in Yuma, Arizona. Hot as a mother out in Yuma. Hottest place in the USA. And that's where my first spring training was, 19 years old. And I'm out there. And after after we get out of practice and everything, you know, I I go to the restaurant and eat. And this guy had this badass, successful restaurant. And he was a younger guy. So I was like 19. He probably was like 32, 33. But he had a, he had a, he owned the restaurant. And he says, hey, man, you want to go out, out in the desert one day? He rescued greyhounds. He goes, I got this greyhound, you know, and. And he goes out and let it chase jackrabbits, just let it run, get his exercise. I said, oh, I'd love to do that. So the guy, he took a liking to me after several weeks, and we went out to the desert, and we got to watch this dog, Zach. I remember dog, Zach. And he was just running these rabbits. And then he go, he looks over at me, he says, how do you like the restaurant? I said, that's awesome. I said, I can't believe, you know, at your age, you're already, you've already got this successful restaurant like this. And the guy goes, well, you want to know how I got it? So he took me out there to tell me this. He said, you want to know how I got it? I said, yeah, I want to know how you got it. He goes, because when I was a bus boy and cleaning the dishes off the tables, yeah, yeah. I was the best bus boy around. Therefore, life gave me a promotion to mm. dishwasher. Can you believe what this man said, Matt? He said life gave him a promotion to dishwasher. Right. How many times have you heard people be fired up about getting a promotion to dishwasher? Never, but this is intriguing. This dude was like, and guess what? I was the best dishwasher that anybody I knew knew. And therefore, life gave me a promotion to waiter. Wow. And I became the best waiter. And I got a promotion to assistant manager. And I became the best assistant manager. I got a promotion to manager. I became the best manager. And I got to own my own restaurant. He goes, you got to be faithful over the smallest of things. And you got to work your smallest things with all you got. And I promise you, life is going to keep giving you promotions. I still, and I got chills right now. I'm still building my life off of that conversation in that desert, that day with that man and that dog. Right. That's a beautiful thing. I'm curious, though, in a situation like that where you're waiting, not necessarily waiting, you're working for life to level you up. How do you suggest someone embrace that process? Because that process, I mean, listen, I'm a millennial. We want everything right now. Uh, we we live in an we live in an on demand world. I could order food right now, and I have it in my house in thirty minutes. I can meet a girl on Hinge. I can, you know, whatever. There, there there's options, right? How do you embrace that process? You don't get you don't let the you don't let the ease of access distract you. Yeah. To what you really want is all those things that you can get quick. All those building who you want to be. Mm-hmm. 
are all those things that you can get real quick. Can you live off of that? Can you build your life off of that? Right. Can you can you feel successful off of that? Figure out that big thing that you really want. And then know that the whole universe is always wanting to conspire to give it to you. Absolutely. Life always wants to keep continuing. And life knows that if I can increase max, I'm increasing myself called life. Right. Life is not against us. But life makes us work life in order to get more life. Mm. And so you got to get something bigger than that instant stuff that you're getting. So what's something bigger? If I came to Matt, I said, Matt, what is something bigger you want outside of you being able to get some quick food? You know, wouldn't you love to be able to have an executive chef cook for you on demand? Right. All right now I'm taking that to another level. Absolutely. Uber, executive, in-house, or on-yacht chef. Right. You see? Absolutely. Anything you do, stretch it out and say, how can I maximize this? Mm. That's powerful shit. That's powerful. Now, you mentioned that you wished more people would ask you how to be happy. Does that answer stem around being grateful as well, or is there more to it? I'm going to tell them. I'm going to say you got to be grateful. You got to be grateful. Okay. You got to be absolutely fired up about where you're at, knowing that that is nothing more than the, the acorn sprouting and growing to the oak tree. Absolutely. Every day you're an oak tree. Every day. I don't care how small you look. I love that. I you love know, that. The, the big oak tree in the forest don't look down at the little one and go, ha, ha, ha. It just Never. knows that it's on its way up with them. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, wow, four, four, four on the clock. I just looked at that. That's that's powerful too. That's a synchronicity. Of course, it happens when when we're connecting. I love that. Now, Jay, on a personal note, what's a piece of advice that you've been given that you didn't want to hear but proved to be true? Kind of what you're saying. You know, I want everything faster. My grandfather told me back in the day. He says. Life's going to throw challenges at you. When it comes, he'd always say, give us some time. Mm. Just give us some time. Why does a person commit suicide? They don't want to give it some time. Mm. You know, when I was in my first relationship, one of, my, one of the first love of my life and everything went sour and my heart was broke. Man, I lost like 30 pounds and I was just distraught. And my, everybody was worried about me. My clothes was falling off of me. <laughs> and my granddad was like, son, there's so many fish in the sea. And I thought, man, this right here is this. But see, my soulmate was waiting for me. Yeah. And back here, there was a time I was suicidal. So if I would have gave in and not gave it some time, mm. I wouldn't have been able to feel what I feel now. I, I can't even hardly tell you, man the level of love that I feel from my wife and now my son, you know, my Absolutely. son is six years old, man. He just, he loves me. I love, we love each other. I, I see the relationship you two have when you post on social, you do amazing things. And I, I think that's really incredible. The bond that you're building at such a young age, that that's going to be 
you're you're watering that seed right now. You're watering that relationship. It, it's going to be very fruitful for many many years to come. He's my son, that man. Like he's yeah. he's watching it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Now, if people can only take away one thing from the book, what would you want that to be? Well, I think uh, the thing I want you to take away from the book is I want I want you to personalize it into you being an impact person from the book. The book was meant not to be read, but to create conversations. Okay. I want people, I want men and women talking. It's already happening. There's husbands and wives already having more conversations. The book went number one in less than 24 hours. And now in 48 hours, it's number one on Amazon, six categories, six different categories. And I'm getting people sending me DMs. I got people sending me text messages saying, this is inspiring conversation with my spouse that we've never had. They said they never had them, never had a conversation. Why? That book is giving women permission to be empowered and giving men permission to not be threatened. Right. You can't help but have beauty come out of that. So I've got a, inside my app, all right, my tear, I kept looking down because I want to know if I can tell you. So the name of the app is going to be Thought. 360. Thought 360. The Thought 360 app. So they told me I could say it. My attorneys and everybody says it's good. All right. <laughs> so Thought 360. Inside of Thought 360, I'm having several courses. One of them is going to be Power Women, Real Men. Mm. The Power Women, Real Men course. I'm just going to create conversations. And if, if, if and I want to, I want to invite you, Matt, on the panel, the real man, the real men panel. Right, I appreciate that. How you feel about that, man? You coming uh, in? I'm, yeah, absolutely, man. I'd be very grateful <laughs> for that opportunity. About that, to sit on the panel as a real man. You want to talk that. about? You want to talk about one of the sexiest things in the history of the earth? Watch this panel I put together of real men and power women. And everybody vibing off each other, just loving on each other, being empowering to each other. That's what that's the environment that I am creating. It's a beautiful thing. Intentionally. Absolutely. Jay, I know I need to let you run in just a couple minutes. One last question for you. If Jay lives to whatever year he wants to live until you accomplish everything you want to accomplish more best-selling books across all the charts, podcasts, clubhouse, socials, programs, impact, relationships, whatever. You, you got everything under your belt, but you could only be remembered for one piece of advice. What would that be? I got to hear. This is my personal belief. Everybody believes what they want. My number one goal in my entire life, and I'm a high-level goal-driven person, is I want to hear my creator, Yahuwah, say to me, well done, my good, faithful servant. I got to hear that. And that's how I live my life. Whether you believe there's a creator or not, I got to hear. Like when I die, I want to die going all out to be able to die with some confidence that I would be worthy to hear, well done, that I live my life with not just a strong leadership personality, but more of a servant's heart. Right. That's what I want to be known for. I love that, Jay. Now, 
congratulations on all the success the book is already having. Thank you again, expressing my gratitude again for you hopping on here. I could have talked to you for another three plus hours, but I'm not Joe Rogan. So we're not going to do that on this side. Uh, you owe your you way. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Seriously, though, thank you for all of the knowledge, the wisdom, the experiences, the vulnerability, the transparency, all of it. I literally appreciate connecting with you all the time. Again, I'm getting chills. The, you probably can't see the hair on my arm standing up. I appreciate you, Jay. So just wanted to say thank you again. And I want to do this again with you. Next book, next, next, whatever, man. I appreciate you. I got another one coming up soon. It's on relationships. You ready? Oh, oh, that's a conversation to have, man. I love that combo. (laughs) Jay, I appreciate you, man. Man, Hey, thank you. Thank you to all your audience. Much love to everybody. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 215 with my very good, my very inspiring, my very motivational, my very inspirational friend, Jay Noland. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. If you found this episode, if you found Jay's wisdom, his experience, his intelligence, all of that, everything he's brought to the table today, if you found that to be of value to you, I guarantee you it could be of value to someone in your circle. I'm going to urge you to share this with the people that are in your circle, whether you share it directly via text, email, however, or word of mouth, whatever the case is, social media, Instagram story, Twitter, however you want to share it. I'm going to urge you to do that. Get the word out there. You can do God's work now because Jay just did it here on the show. We just did it by amplifying it to you. If you're listening to this sound right now, you have just received God's work. We want you to be that beacon of light to someone in your life. And we, again, I always throw this out there. I may sound like a broken record or a parrot repeating myself, but we want to take care of you. We'll send you a gift card. We'll buy you a coffee, whatever the case is. We want to take care of our people that take care of their people and continuously build this community of listeners. Now, Check out Jay in the show notes of this episode on top of sharing it. If you have not done so yet, you can always scroll up during the episode, check him out on social, check out his website, see what his programs are like, see what his books are like, check him out. It's all in the show notes of this episode until episode number 216. We'll see you all then. Peace.